listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hello and welcome to the Terrific Teacherpreneur podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Pinterest, but it's going to be a little bit different from your average episode because we're going to be talking about a few advanced topics today. So things like promoted pins and outsourcing Pinterest. But if you are still quite new to Pinterest and you're not sure if you're ready for those things, I still definitely recommend listening to the beginning of this episode where we just talk about 2022 kind of current best practices. But also overall, this episode is really great. We talk about things like outsourcing and email lists and some really important things. But this episode is definitely for the more seasoned and experienced sellers. This one is for you. I think you'll really enjoy this. Like I said, it's not all Pinterest. It's also a little bit about other areas that we need to work on. But I'm super excited because I actually have a guest on this episode and I haven't had a guest on the podcast in such a long time. So this is awesome. I'm really excited to chat to Emily, who is a Pinterest strategist, and she's someone that I've connected with on Instagram. She very kindly recorded some videos for my Pinterest course, Terrific Pinning. I mean, she's just the sweetest person. I'm so glad she was able to join us. So let's dive in and meet Emily. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. How are you doing, Emily? How's things been going with you? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Things are going really well. They have been very hectic since the beginning of the year. Lots of exciting stuff, though, happening with my business. I've been onboarding a few new clients and our family is expanding. So we are preparing for another addition to our family in April. And of course, with little ones, we've had a lot of illness, which is not super fun. But we did get in a trip. It was like, I swear, a one week window where we were all healthy. I was so thankful because we went to Disney World. That was really special and fun. It's been a good year so far. Kind of what's been going on at our house lately. (laughs) Sounds insane. It sounds hectic. You've got like kids and a kid on the way. You've got the dog and you've got everything going on. But it sounds like you're in that like busy season of life, but you're doing a really good job managing everything because you're still thriving in your business. And I see you making reels on Instagram and all that. You seem like you're doing a really great job from afar. (laughs) It feels a little bit like that, but I appreciate your very (laughs) sweet feedback. It makes me feel better. seems like when you're a business owner, you could always be doing more, right? (laughs) Let's start off though. I want you to introduce yourself to my audience a little bit. Tell us a little bit about you and your background with teaching and how you transitioned into helping people with Pinterest and what you do so they have a little bit of an idea of who you are. That would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. So just a little bit going back, gosh, to I believe the first year I started teaching was in 2014. So I am a former teacher. I taught kindergarten for three years and I was teaching second grade when I had my first daughter. I had actually talked to the school and worked out this really great plan where they were going to allow me to come back part-time because I knew in my heart that I wanted to still have time at home with her, even if I came back when she was eight weeks or 12 weeks. And so once again, it was a great school. They were going to actually hold my position for up to a year. Obviously you're not making money. So you have to think about financially, if you can do that. When I came back, I was only going to be teaching three times a week. And so Fast forward, when I had her, 
I just, I, I couldn't even think about leaving her. And I ultimately made a really hard decision and I went through a lot of guilt and I'm sure other teachers have gone through this when they get to a point in their business where it's really thriving and they feel like financially they could leave their teaching position. I felt a lot of guilt and there was another teacher in the classroom. So I had a co-teacher. So they had that consistency. So it wasn't like, you know, they had to find a brand new teacher. She was there five days a week and everything. So I knew they had that, but I still felt this terrible, like almost torn between like, do I leave my daughter part of the time? I felt like I was like abandoning my students. So it was really challenging, but I felt like I made the best decision for our family, especially because financially it just really didn't even make sense for me to go back. Anyways, fast forward, I took a course, launched my business that summer after I had her and I started in social media management, got really burnt out. And I had a client who asked me to quote, play around with her Pinterest. And it's kind of all been history from there. I figured out that was really what I was passionate about. And then I really leaned into that when I had teachers start coming to me about their Pinterest accounts and managing that and outsourcing. And so I've been doing Pinterest for about, gosh, it's over two and a half years now. And so Since then, I've taken multiple courses and I offer Pinterest ads and have added some products and stuff. So that's been my journey. And once I started offering Pinterest, I never looked back. And I think it really helps too, because I still feel really connected to the classroom through working with teachers. It resonated so much with what you were saying about that guilt, because that's something that I definitely felt when I left teaching. We are in this profession where we really care about the kids and we just feel awful when we leave, which is terrible because in other jobs, you know, if you leave, you leave. I have to feel that same kind of guilt. It's an awful feeling. So I know exactly how that feels. So definitely the whole time you're talking, I was just like, I know. It's heartbreaking. (laughs) It is. It makes you feel so bad. But then you know, oh, my heart goes out to teachers who have been teaching throughout this entire pandemic and how challenging that must be. I think ultimately, though, teachers have to do what's best for their mental health and their families. And that's really the point I was at. I just, I could not imagine returning to work at that point. I went through some different baby issues. I was just not ready to go back. Yeah, it was a hard decision. So yeah, I definitely think a lot of teachers are feeling that way right now. So hopefully this really resonates with them as well. And it'd be nice for them to hear that they're not alone in that feeling. We are going to talk a little bit today about some of the different things to do with Pinterest that most people don't talk about in podcasts, because it's like everyone always just talks about idea pins and normal pinning and stuff. But we're going to really talk a little bit about hiring out for Pinterest and ads and some of the stuff that I've never talked about the podcast before. So I'm excited. But I want to start off this episode with a quick check-in on the organic sort of day-to-day stuff. So that if anyone's listening and they're not ready for hiring out or ads or any of that more advanced stuff, they can still get something from this episode. So I just wanted to ask you, do you have any sort of tips or any updates of what really is current at the moment with Pinterest? What is best practices of, as of 2021, 2022? Any words of wisdom there, just on the organic pinning front, basically? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Back in, now this was October, but there's certain things that I feel like have remained consistent. And obviously fresh content is still very important and relevant on Pinterest. And I know you mentioned idea pins already, but I still think that there are 
people out there and I get it. They take time to create, but it kind of dragging their feet. And one thing I want to mention too, as far as idea pins, especially if there are listeners out there and they're creating idea pins and they're maybe not seeing the reach and the growth that they want to is really making sure that they're leaning into video content and short form video content with their idea pins, because I've been doing this a lot myself. And I think that it's really important just to do so strategically, but I've been repurposing a lot of my content from TikTok and there's definitely a right and a wrong way (laughs) to go about repurposing social media content because what resonates on TikTok or Instagram doesn't always for sure translate on Pinterest. So like I said, I do so strategically. A lot of my educational where I will say, here's five tips for people getting started on Pinterest. And I share that completely conceptualized idea where people might be actually searching on Pinterest, Pinterest tips for beginners. And so I'm still meeting my audience where they are at and thinking about that, you know, SEO as well. Because obviously some of the funny trends and the dancing, like I said, it doesn't translate the same on Pinterest, but I've noticed not to be shy to talk to camera because my idea pins that have performed the best, I am just talking directly to the camera. And it's so different because for so long, Pinterest really felt like the introverts platform where it's so nice. I feel this way at least where I don't have to be on there every single day, engaging, responding to direct messages, commenting. (laughs) I sounds like somebody who's like grumpy and doesn't want human connection. And that's not the case. But I think that's some of those things felt draining to me and that time stressful. And I do think Pinterest is different in that way, but people still love human connection. And with idea pins and the short form video, I'm finding that's really what's working. And then I definitely think that leaning into Pinterest trends. Pinterest predicts was released in December where they released all their predictions for 2022. And I think that can be a really great tool as far as adopting some of those newer trends. I know some of the predicted to rise for 2022, some of them are like calming classroom. There's a lot of other, but most of them fit within that kind of like peaceful, calming. And I wonder if that partly has to do with some of the tension, anxiety, and things that have been going on in the world the past few years. And we want to create this like friendly, calming, happy place for our students. So I definitely say lean into that. I believe it was eight out of 10 of their predictions for 2021 were correct. And so I think that utilizing those tools can be really helpful. And even apart from Pinterest predicts, because those are trends that are predicted to rise, is actually using the Pinterest trends tool. So I actually wrote a blog post about that recently, about the different tools and things that you can use if you're feeling like you're kind of hitting a dry spell with like keywords and you need to expand. I think that can be a really great tool because you can look at what has historically trended up and trends down and plan your content around that. So especially because we're only, I'm not sure when this will go live, but we're recording this in February. You still have a majority of the year to plan. So I say use the trends tool and plan ahead your Pinterest content as much as possible and prepare, which 
I know it's really hard, especially for people, if they are managing their Pinterest account to kind of always be thinking ahead. But those are some things that kind of come to mind as far as what's working out. And I would be interested because obviously you're a Pinterest person, what your thoughts are, but I still use, and I still find that it works. So it's not necessarily something that's like new, but I still use Tailwind and I just onboarded a new client and we're using Tailwind and just making sure that we're following best practices, all of her descriptions, titles, everything are keyword optimized. And she has seen amazing growth in the past 60 days. I've had people ask me about Tailwind recently and I still use it and see good results from, you know, that consistency and just making sure that I'm following best practices with the scheduler. Awesome tips. Love it. I definitely think idea pins are still pretty hot. I've noticed a few of my later ones aren't performing quite as well as they used to. So I think it's like petering off a little bit. They're not giving you so much of an ego boost of crazy impressions anymore, but I'm still making them here and there. I just, I think sometimes it's about doing what's manageable. So you don't have to make one every day. You know, you can make one, one a week if you want, but it's about trying something, giving it a try. You don't have to do it like crazy. That's just me anyway. I don't invite you. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yes, I do the same thing. I try to create one, maybe two if I'm getting wild (laughs) for myself. And with most of my clients, I have different package variations, but especially if idea pins are part of their package, it's always either one or two a week. A lot of them, we just do one, but I've noticed the same thing. I do think that Pinterest still favors the distribution of idea pins because I still see a greater reach as far as the impressions and pin clicks and probably even saves. Obviously we can't track that they're outbound clicks because there aren't any, but I agree that at one point for my clients, I'd see a hundred thousand, 200,000 impressions. (laughs) and I've seen that go down quite a bit, which is a little bit of a bummer, but I think it's probably evening out a bit. That was very unusual in the beginning, you know, when they were really still being rolled out. Yeah. So I was hoping we could chat a little bit now about promoted pins. So for anyone who has, you know, got themselves settled on Pinterest, they kind of know the basics of it and they've been doing organic pinning, but now they're ready to get that little bit more of a boost, you know, and they want to try out investing in their business. So if you're listening and you're not quite in the position to invest, like that's okay. But if you are, hopefully this helps. Do you have any do's and don'ts, any sort of tips for promoter pins for someone that's thinking about starting and wants to get back into it? Any words of wisdom there? That would be great. Yeah. So I would say that if you are thinking about running promoted pins, I think it's very important that you think about what you want your end goal to be. I think that a lot of people will want to run it directly to a TPT product. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but I like to kind of educate people on the power of building their email list and actually having a funnel. So when somebody signs up for their lead magnet, 
that they are actually receiving an email sequence. And maybe at the end of that email sequence, they share one of their larger bundles where they ultimately would be making more than like a five or a $10 sale because you need to put enough money behind your Pinterest ads or else it's not going to give you enough latitude to really do anything. And when I say put enough money, I recommend at least $20 a day, which can sound a little steep to people if they've never run ads before, especially because Pinterest ads, in some ways it kind of reminds me of organic. It's all about the long game. They take longer to optimize than other platforms where you run ads. So I used to run Facebook ads. They optimize. Now the iOS updates, that's a whole nother thing, but that made it take a little bit longer to optimize, but Pinterest is still slower. So I recommend not only at least spending $20 a day, but also running them for at least 30 days because that can sound like a long time to people, especially when you're thinking about spending $20 a day. But I start making changes and tweaks in the campaign around seven to 10 days in because it is taking time to optimize. So you don't want to go in and start making changes before Pinterest has even figured out who's clicking, who's converting. And so kind of where I was going with that, as far as running a campaign to a lead magnet in comparison to a TPT product is if you have a lower price product, which there's tons of TPT products that obviously are lower in cost, you're going to have to sell some serious volume in order to not just break even, but also make them profitable. And so obviously like most people, you're thinking you want at least two times or three times the return on your investment. And so I think that sometimes in the beginning, it doesn't sound super attractive to everybody to be building their email list. But I had a seller last year who she absolutely crushes it on TPT. She's a very well-known seller. And she even commented because she wanted to run a lot of her campaigns that I was managing to TPT. And we were on our kickoff call. And I was like, oh, I really want to at least have one campaign where we're building your email list. She was like, I do by far get the most sales for my email list. And so it shows you that you have to think about the lifetime value And there's more value behind over time, an email subscriber and having that person where you can share with them when you have a new product, when you have a TBT sale or whatever. So definitely, I think there's so much value in that. But with that said, you have to be strategic with your email list and make sure that you have funnels in place and that you are nurturing your audience and not just coming into their inbox when you do want them to buy something, but also sharing your freebies and value. So those are definitely some tips. Another really two important things, install your Pinterest tag. I would say before you think you're ready to run ads because it doesn't cost anything. And what it does is it basically just gathers data on your website of who's visiting. So then when you want to run an ad, you can use website visitors as an audience if you want to, because you've been collecting that data. And then I recommend running a consideration campaign, which some people think, why would I want to do that? They're formerly were called traffic. And most people are like, well, I don't want traffic. Like I want conversions, but you can still track sales and email signups from a consideration campaign. 
but they are less volatile than conversion campaigns. It's just a safer place to start, especially as you're going to need to basically continue to build data with that Pinterest tag, even if you've had it installed on your website. And so that campaign is a good way to build up that data and let Pinterest know who's clicking, who's converting and all that good stuff. That's perfect. I I love that you were talking about the email marketing thing because I've been experimenting a little bit this year. One of my goals is to try more ads and stuff. And I've been doing a little bit of like Facebook ads and I listened to Jen Zaya. Hey, it's Jen Zaya on Instagram and she helps me out with ads. And because she was like, you know, yes, you could send it to like a $3 product or whatever, but like, you know, so much more money later on if you were to have thousands of people on your email list. And she's so right. And I did a campaign and it got me like 1,000 new people. That's amazing. Yeah. I was like the potential of that in the coming months and years for those people, if they do buy from me, like, I just think it's so much more value in it. So if you have an email list, do what Emily says and be and promoting that. Yeah. Like I said, when you have that ability to share free offers and nurture that audience and you're building that relationship, then they want to buy from you and they feel comfortable and they get excited when you have new products, you just build the like, know, and trust factor. So there's so much value in that. Yeah. I think if I was personally scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and I just saw a paid product ad to a TPT product, I would be less likely to click than if it was a freebie. And I'm like, oh, that freebie looks so good. And then I'm on their email list in the coming weeks and months, they're sharing more free stuff and tips. And I start to trust them and I look forward to their emails. And then they're like, oh, hey, here's a product. I'm so much more likely to buy it from them than if it was just sort of thrown on my Facebook feed and I don't know who they are. So yeah, definitely a really profitable thing to do. And I love that advice. So the next thing I want to ask about is for anyone who is at that point where they want to invest, and they just can't face doing Pinterest themselves. They're really struggling with the like, you know, organic or they don't have the time. So could you tell us a little bit about the hiring out process? I mean, you're a Pinterest strategist, like, yeah, anyone that's toying with the idea of hiring, like what do they need to know? And I actually got an Instagram message from someone and they said, I really want to kind of know how much it costs and like how it works. I just, I'm sure they have so many questions. So could you just give us a little bit of info about hiring out for Pinterest if doing it yourself isn't for you? So I would say as far as the hiring out, one of the biggest questions I always get asked is about the ROI. So I literally wrote an entire blog post about basically calculating your ROI from Pinterest because as a Pinterest strategist, your job is to drive traffic. Obviously, each of your clients might have a little bit of a different objective depending on if they're using Pinterest to build their email list or if they are. Now, this would be, I mean, we're talking big name brands who just want awareness everywhere. There's some brands that might just want more awareness. And we're talking people like Pottery Barn, Target, but most brands want to either build their email list and ultimately sell their products. And as far as Pinterest, since it is a traffic driver, you can monetize in other ways apart from your email list, where if you just get people to your site, you know, if you have ads or there's also affiliate marketing, if you're sharing affiliate links, there's also things to consider with sharing affiliations and best practices, but it can vary a lot, obviously with tracking that ROI. 
depending on what your goals are. So I always tell people my job though, still at the end of the day is to drive traffic, whether that be to your podcast, to your blog posts and through the blog posts or your podcasts or your website, you need to have a strategy on the other end because yes, it's my job to drive traffic, but I can't make people convert once they get to your website. Now, obviously a lot of people send traffic directly to TPT, but once again, not everybody's going to be ready to buy right away. And so I always recommend to my clients, it's very important to me that we're not just sending traffic to TPT, but that they have another way of sharing value and ideas and inspiration. Because a lot of times I know from being, I've been a Pinterest user much longer than I've been a Pinterest strategist. Like I've been a Pinterest user since you had like an email invite in 2010, I think. And so I know when I was teaching, if I would hit a product, I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want to buy yet. (laughs) I would have to really want or really need something before I'd be ready to buy. Cause I just also didn't have a lot of extra money to be like, oh yeah, here's $5 here. It adds up. So I think that there's so much value in having the long form content. And when you are tracking that ROI, kind of going back to that, there's so many things that factor into that. So you might not see that sale right away, but if you're building your email list, we just kind of talked about obviously the value in that over time. And I also think that it's important to think about how much your time is worth. I think that people overlook that a lot and they're like, well, if I'm paying this much, then I need to be at least making this much back from Pinterest. And obviously you do want to feel like it's worth your investment, but at the same time, Pinterest is a long game. And so if you're just getting started, you're going to have to be willing to give it time. And so I think that if you are just getting started, it probably doesn't make the most sense to outsource because as far as the investment piece, I would say, gosh, I would say at least $400 and up. So you have to obviously think about like if that's within your budget, but then also I know there's certain things, for example, that I've outsourced, like my blog manager, where I know how much my time is worth. And to me, how long it would take me to do something that she's much more efficient at it just makes sense for me to outsource it. And also too, with a Pinterest strategist, you should be getting even better results because it should be somebody who knows what they're doing, keeping up with best practices. And I tell my clients literally in their monthly reports, I'd give them their stats, but I also help them with what type of content I'm seeing perform well, what's coming up as far as trends, all of those things that kind of helps them prepare as well. I think you answered a really important question, which people are probably going to have, which is like, if I did hand over hundreds of dollars, what am I making that back? Am I making more? Am I going to be out of pocket? Is it worth it? And you've touched on that so well by talking about how much your time is worth. Like I could hand over a thousand dollars to you to manage my Pinterest and maybe I wouldn't make that back. But if I don't have to spend hours making pins and I don't have to deal with it and I can spend that time making products on TPT and like go to my email list and stuff, I'm going to earn that back. You just have to decide. I guess if you're going to hire a Pinterest strategist and then you're going to use that free time to watch TV, then no. (laughs) But (laughs) if like I hired you and you did that every week and you managed my Pinterest for me and then I got hours back, 
I could sit there and update my listings and make previews and upload new product lines and bundles. And yeah, just increase my revenue by thousands and thousands of dollars that I wouldn't have been able to do before. So that pays for itself just in a different way, not in a direct, this pin brought me money, but by not having to make that pin, I made money. I love that. And I agree with that. Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Yes, and I will say, I've had a lot of people tell me not only is Pinterest their number one traffic driver, but that they can see, you know, in TPT that they earn the most as well from Pinterest. So there is definitely some concrete ways and you can use UTM codes. And there's unfortunately caveats to that where the UTM, that tracking can be broken, especially if somebody's on their mobile device, they wish list it, they go back later and buy it. And then there's also like a window of time. So if they buy it like a couple months down the road, technically it could have been Pinterest that helped them stumble upon that product and gave them that idea. And maybe it was still informing their purchase decision, but they just didn't buy right away. So that's the thing that makes it so hard about tracking. And I think that you just said it so perfectly about your time and getting that time back if it allows you to be the visionary. And I can't tell you so many of my clients, I've never had a client be like, I hate creating products. That's not my thing. That is what they want to be doing. That's what they excel at. And it's kind of like some of the marketing and all that other (laughs) mumbo jumbo. They, They just are like, you take care of that so I can do what I'm best at. And that's the creation and allowing them to have that space to be creative and not have to worry about the marketing side. Yes. So. Uh, it's honestly like you're just saying what I'm thinking because this is like literally <laughs> how I feel. I talk about these two things so often. I talk about the traffic stuff. I say all the time on Instagram, I'm like, don't trust that traffic tab. You think that it's not bringing you money and it is. So many people even come from like freebies. Like you might put a, a pin on Pinterest that's to a free product and then they go and download it and then they build that no like trust factor and then they buy the paid product and they follow you on TPT and then buy your next product. And there's so many factors that you can't track but ultimately like I just I love Pinterest for me it's my second highest driver of traffic and whether or not I get a dollar amount on that traffic tab that's high or not I know it's sending people to my store and they're following me downloading freebies you know one day buying from me adding to the wish list buying it during a sale and I might not be able to track every dollar of it but I know it's there. I can see those click-throughs and stuff and I just, I, I love it. So <laughs> I agree with you on that. And the thing you were talking about as well, like the zone of genius kind of thing, like 99.9% of sellers, we love creating stuff. We want to sit there and we want to create a product. We don't want to be doing all the other stuff. And our time gets monopolized by Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, blogging, email, podcasts. And we get 
takes us away from not only what's enjoyable but what's profitable and so if you can have like a little bit of an investment in someone else to do it and then you get to enjoy what you're doing and make more money like how is that not a win just love it agree so much what you're saying (laughs) yes yes because I think sometimes the other side that it can I think sometimes it can lead to burnout when you're doing things that don't really light you up and you feel like you know, you just have to check that box of being active and, you know, scheduling and doing the creation of pins, or maybe it's graphics for Instagram, whatever. And I think it can be really draining when you're doing something that you don't love and enjoy. And I get in the beginning, and I felt that way with my own business, the outsourcing and thinking about how much things cost. And I know when I have outsourced things, even when I don't have, I can't put like a direct value on it. I know when somebody does it, not only getting my time back, but a lot of times when they do it so much better than I could have, I've done a couple of VIP days for different things I've outsourced recently. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to like kiss them on both cheeks because (laughs) it feels like it's such a relief to hand it over to somebody who not only does a better job. Yeah. So I think that as, you know, TPT sellers grow with their business and thinking about what does really light them up that it can be something that's so helpful and like takes a big weight off of them to outsource. I feel like this episode was intended to be about Pinterest, but we covered so many other interesting areas because we're like talking about email lists. We're talking about the importance of outsourcing. And if you're a fairly seasoned seller listening to this, like those are two things you want to be doing. Like they're, they're so important at this point in your business. So I feel like we've given some really great tips. Like I love this conversation. It's been so insightful for me because it motivates me. I know I need to work on my email list. I know I need to outsource more. And yeah, there's just, I feel like I'm feeling really motivated. So thank you. I know. I think that one thing that's so hard as a business owner, and you basically just said it, is you know what you need to be doing, but sometimes you need that like extra push because I know there's so many things I could be changing and I know what to do, but then it's hard with always executing everything and having enough hours in the day. So (laughs) for me, I'm like, it's all about just thinking, okay, a little bit of progress every single day. And then I know thinking about what my email list size was last, gosh, like May in comparison to what it is now. And before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh. So the little steps in the right direction do pay off. Yep. Love it. It's been such a good conversation. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit about where people can find you, like your Instagram handle and your website name and stuff. And then we can put some links in the show notes to those blog posts you mentioned and some of the places that people can learn from you. That would be awesome. Yeah. So I am definitely active on Instagram and my handle is emily.vales there. And then my website is emilyvales.com. And On my website, you can find the blog and I have lots of blog posts that cover everything from Pinterest ads to organic to even comparing social media to Pinterest and the differences there. And I do have a lot of specifically TPT based blog posts since that's basically all of my clients. (laughs) So I think that that free content can be helpful too. Awesome. Yeah. Actually, one platform that I have been way more active on that I find I actually really enjoy and I like 
told myself I was never going to get on TikTok. <laughs> I've been over there and it's basically all of my handles are Emily Vales. Like I said, Instagram's the only different one. Cause I think I have like the dot in between my first and last name. So that's another fun place. <laughs> yeah. So E-M-I-L-E-E though. We'll say that in case they don't go to the show notes. <laughs> it's a common misconception that it's spelled with a Y, but yes, E-M-I-L-E-E. And then Vales is V-A-L-E-S. Awesome. And then when they're on your website, they can check out your packages and all your things for being a strategist as well, if they wanted to work with you as well. Yeah, definitely. And I will say there's only one package visible right now. And it's like my most premium because it's a combination of organic and paid. And I'm actually working with my web designer right now. We're going to add the other packages because I think that some people think that's the only service and it's quite expensive. So if people are interested, if they go to the link to actually book a call with me, you'll see a lot of different options as far as anything from like a one-on-one strategy call to a free discovery call for organic management or Pinterest ads, depending on what you're interested in outsourcing. Perfect. Yay. I am so glad that you came on the podcast today. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, I can't thank you enough for having me. It was so fun chatting and I really appreciate you allowing me to come on and talk to your audience. I will also put a link in the show notes to my Pinterest course for TPD sellers, terrific pinning in case you want to check that out. And I will put a link to sign up to my weekly newsletter because when you sign up, you get a free Pinterest cheat sheet. And if you haven't already checked that out, then I think you'll love it. I won't fill the show notes with links, but I do have lots of other resources for Pinterest. So I do recommend checking out my blog where I've got a blog post on it. I've got previous episodes about Pinterest on this podcast. And I've definitely given a lot of tips over the last few months on Pinterest. And I've given those tips on my Instagram account. So I have like a guide where it's kind of like a collection of all the Pinterest posts I've ever made on Instagram. So there is so much information out there that Emily and I have given. So you're definitely not going to be short on free Pinterest tips. Definitely check those places out. I hope that you have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.